0: Podcast is rated effed up for profanity, sexual violence, and potentially disturbing material. If I were you, I'd turn back now. Welcome to part two of the Anthony Sowell case on the macabre academy. <gasps> Brandy's brain is officially done. <laughs> ah! She is just toast. She can't handle <laughs> shit on the floor. <laughs> Why did you not clean it up? Who the fuck leaves shit on the floor? He left two <gasps> bodies in his apartment and you're yeah. worried about the shit. I mean, he left two bodies in his apartment. I can't understand that. You don't know what to do with them. You're not real people. <laughs> well, actually, there are like, there are serial killers that will retain trophies. and in Were his, they his trophies? No. In his case, it's a complete apathy for his victims that it's just inconvenient to clean up after them. I yeah. understand that. Yeah. But, but like, she's still
1: upset that you should clean this shit up off <laughs> Do you know what?
0: Wait. I'm just saying. Whoa, wait, wait, No, so we've returned now. It is our our final episode of this set that we're recording. And uh, that's not everything that's in his house. So is your brain capable of handling everything else that's oh, in his
2: house? Oh, I'm sure. But, like, I'm house. also pissed that, like, this fucker almost got that nice old man's sausage place shut down because he had bodies and didn't want to own up to his bodies
0: own up to your bullshit man own (laughs) up to it so you should always confess to murder yes maybe you'll get a lesser sentence well that's what worked for the rape right
2: that's what i mean like you just maybe i'll get a lesser sentence and get to go home earlier
0: oh well wait 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 like this isn't even done yet we are barely halfway through You you good? You good good to go? We got this. All right, Dex, you good? You're in? We're in. Okay. We got this. This entire time I'm watching Dexter chew her nails, and she's the morbid ist of our trio. And she's just sitting there chewing her fingers like, oh, oh man, what's next? I know what's next. I know this story. I've not heard this story, but I know this story. I know what this guy's thinking.
1: I have, I mean, I grew up with a mother who taught me about serial killers,
0: I aspire the to progression. The Wait, the mama that that gave me chocolate for Christmas. Yes, she teaches. She, she, just, I she take was my candy in- from strangers. <laughs> <laughs> she just pulls up and like, "You want some chocolate? Here's a bag of candy." And
2: Steph's just like, "Give me!" Like, "I'll get in your car. Let's go." You got puppies too. <laughs>
0: Actually, she just lured me with chocolate and cigarettes, so it's completely fair. I mean, it's, it's that true. <laughs> Brandy's face. i
1: mean Cigarette. in all fairness like all you really have to do to get me in a vehicle is say that there's food or supernatural actors so that's fair if i threw misha in the back seat of a trunk
2: oh my god i trunk. would
1: yeah <laughs> no i would jump
2: that car that would i want the, the two sexy ones that's who i want you want
1: you want jump i will fight
2: Jared.
0: you for dean dean is mine I will oh, fight that's you. That's fine. I'll take... You can have Jared. The puppy. Oh, you can have the puppy yes. guy. You, you can have Moose. Yeah. I, Perfect. I'll, I'll take... He's like such a big giant
2: and I'm just so is, little and I'm just he's like, huge. Oh, love me, please. That, aren't you taller than me? That giant seven.
1: of a man taller than me. <laughs> bent down
2: and hugged me. Like, I just love, like, big men. How do you explain Ryan? I can't explain Ryan, Okay. Like, Let Ryan's my size. <laughs> Ryan's 5'4", okay? He's not even my size. No, he's not. No, but, like, I love, like, big, strong men that just, like, love me. Ryan's just like, hey, I'm here. And I'm well, like, hey, I could kill you, but okay.
0: Moving on to killers. Yeah, th- this killer, in particular, this is part two. We did leave all of our macabre academy Listeners on a cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah, we did. So I'm not sorry. (laughs) We've tortured them with four minutes of banter. Maybe we should. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So let's let's back our asses up. Let's just attempt to summarize last episode. I want Brandy's summary of last episode.
2: So like, dude raped a girl, went to prison. Dude raped another girl, didn't go to prison. Dude raped another girl, she didn't do shit. Dude raped another girl. She went to the police. Police didn't do shit. They knock on their door and I was like, Hey, you good? He's like, Yeah, I'm good. And then he has two dead bodies in his, um, upstairs and feces
0: and fucking feces. <laughs> <laughs> We're not forgetting that. Okay. And a poor sausage family. Oh, that sa- poor
2: sausage guy. Like he almost lost his business. And like, that's just sad. And this
0: guy's a piece of shit. There we go. Okay. That's it. So they found the two bodies and they go, hold the fuck up. We need a search warrant for this freaky ass shit. <laughs> I can remember what I said, because for them, it was a week. For me, it was literally 10 minutes ago. So we're not, no transparent as possible, right? Like, we're working girls. We're recording a couple episodes in one go. So hang in there with us. Um, So uh, October 30th, 2009, Cleveland investigators return to the air quote house of horrors and try to uncover all the secrets. Um, They use cadaver dogs. Did they take the bodies the first time? Yeah. Okay. There's actually photos. I just wanted to make sure lives. they didn't leave them there. No.
2: Cause, like, well, maybe you're...
0: they did, though, because this is only a day later. And if
2: they don't have the search warrant, like, can they take those bodies?
0: Well, not if they... Um, hmm. That was my concern. That's all. No, well, no, sometimes, like, if you... I... Again, we don't know how... I don't know how scientifically accurate CSI is, but I... They try to clear as scene as fast as possible to at least right. eliminate those bodies. Okay. But you gotta remember, you had SWAT tramp, tramping all through this house. I mean, their yeah. boots were caked with the maggots and flies from those two dead bodies. Oh, so now that's everywhere. Yeah. yeah it's game over. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a little bit compromised, but there's fucking bodies in there. Like, like you have to take those, but
2: yeah, can they not be, like, <sighs> inadmissible?
0: Well, what's crazy is, is uh, those weren't the only two bodies. Were they in the basement? Well, hang on.
1: Always- lie, motherfucker, lie. <laughs> They're
0: always in the basement. They yeah. actually find two more bodies in a crawl space on the third floor. Fuck. The cadaver dogs are like, man, this wall's like, fucking suspicious. And the officers this wall. realize that it's obvious that somebody had disrupted the wall and had... R- resealed the wall trying to you know cover a hole there so they open up the wall I don't know how gracefully they did this but they they get into the wall and they move a black garbage out of the way a garbage bag and then they find a big fucking pile of dirt in his wall he was attempted to bury a body on his third floor to cover the smell so he had to conscientiously go bring buckets of dirt up three flights of stairs to cover this body wouldn't it be easier to carry the body down the stairs uh, mm-hmm.
1: is there nobody in this house that was like why do you keep no. carting dirt up to your fucking room
0: nobody Soul lived in residence. the house did they? yeah no. for five years he lived there alone and what's fucked up is detectives realize wait wait the dogs are still sniffing that bag they go open the bag another body They felt shitty because they just moved it out of the way. They thought it was garbage, and then they opened it up, and bam, Yeah, because why
1: would you bother to look in a garbage bag when, you know, you've already found two fucking bodies? Yeah.
0: In garbage bags. So this is proof that he's trying different burial techniques to try to cover up the smell. Oh, my God. So now he's at four. And I wish our count stopped at four, but it doesn't.
1: This all happened in the 2000s? 2009,
0: the bodies were discovered. Google's a fucking thing. (laughs) Wait, hold on. So... Back to the basement. There were bodies in the basement. There, well, hold on. So, the basement produced a partially decomposed corpse. So, yes, there was a body in the basement. So, it was now at five. They found a sixth body located in the backyard with the telephone cord still wrapped around their neck. Were they all women? Yes. But, at this point, they don't know this. Okay. They just see bodies. Right. They're decomposed. They're partially mummified. They, they've they been there for anywhere from months to years. They're not sure. Only two bodies were recognized as black females, and the others were so deteriorated, they didn't even know, like, what sex they were. They couldn't determine wow. it. They needed DNA to basically was the only resort to ID what was left of these bodies. Um, four of the six were clearly strangled, because, like I said, the cords, ropes, wires... Phone chargers were still around their fucking necks. They speculated that the ligatures were determined by opportunity. They saw he just had them on the go. Just, oh shit, there's a thing there. I'm going to grab it. And he didn't have like a murder kit. Um, he wasn't prepared. He just did it. Several cases of the victims had their wrists and ankles bound with twine or shoelaces. Um, some of the bodies he had attempted to wrap in like duct tape, uh, maybe to cover the smell. I'm not entirely sure, but there was duct tape. Because duct tape solves everything. Well, for man, it does. Yeah. <laughs> um, October 31st, 2009, it's Halloween, and there's a serial killer on the loose. Ha- Fun! Yeah, they haven't found him yet. Did they cancel Halloween? No. no. Damn. Savages. Um, but police told kids to trick-or-treat in groups. And like, well, you're not a woman addicted to crack? So maybe you're okay. They weren't quite as sure of his MO, but this is just gone groups. you right. Damn. But police were resorting to old fashioned police work at this point. They air quote hit the beat and manually had to knock on doors. Uh, officers guesstimated they searched a hundred homes occupied and abandoned. Cause you gotta remember he was a scrapper. He was a thief, so he could have hid bodies in abandoned houses. They didn't know.
2: Oh wow!
0: Yeah, but he had lived in that neighborhood for his pretty much his entire life, and in that house the last five years. So he knew everybody in the neighborhood. Oh yeah. So he could have been in any one of those homes. They 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 guessed he wasn't going to go far though. I mean, he hadn't really left Imperial Avenue except to go to you know the area Mount Pleasant except to go to Marines and back. That was it. They also monitored local bus stations and trainways just in case, though. Uh This actually went overnight into the next morning. Still hadn't found him. But then there was a man mentioning Anthony's description just strolling down the street. And a police officer goes, uh, excuse me, sir, are, are you Anthony Sowell? And he goes, nah, nah, I just look a lot like him. And the officer goes, yeah, I think you're Anthony Sowell. So, I'm going to put you in the back of the car. And he goes, eh, you caught me. That's how anticlimactic that was. Oh, my God. He was a mile from his home. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, we're going to just take this ride downtown, just casual. I mean, he willingly kind of got in the cop car, and then goes, oh, what, you got me. And then drive into the, the station, and the officer's like, uh, you know, hey, uh, how's your day going? No, oh, okay, um... Well, so were there only, like, five bodies in your house? And Anthony's like, "Mm, I think so. And he goes, well, what about outside? You know, your backyard. And he goes, oh, those two. Two? Exactly. (laughs) They had only found one body at this point. So they go, oh, bright idea. Probably should check the backyard for more bodies. October 31st through November 2nd of 2009, Anthony has recorded interviews by police. These are initial interrogation. And this is where you can start to see the way Anthony's mind works. Because this is their account of him trying to go, okay, you caught me. All right. Uh, initially, he tells detectives that he had been having severe nightmares. He says, uh, I- I'm not a bad guy. I didn't, I didn't mean to hurt nobody. I just needed help. And they placate him. They're like, okay, you know what? I'm so sorry, Anthony, that you're going through this. Let's get you some snacky snacks. Here you want to smoke. But when he's pressed more and more about the bodies, I was like, dude, you still got bodies in your house. You got to know something, you know? And he goes, oh, I can't remember, man. The more you ask me, I just I keep forgetting. I don't, I don't know anything about them. I, I, I don't know how they got there. So he can't remember any descriptions of anybody in his house that would be dead. Nothing. So they can't figure out if he's just stupid or if he's playing stupid. So police officers continue to placate him and they're like, okay, okay. All right. All right. So you can't remember nothing. All right. Uh, well, what about, what about this uh, Lala chick? You know, Billups, Lieutenant Billups. Uh, yeah. She said you uh, kind of maybe sadistically raped her. Do you know anything about that? And Anthony goes, oh, oh, oh no, 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 no. That's my fuck buddy. She just went into weird things. You know, like what guy would turn that down? Like, I don't like that stuff, but she was wanting to have sex with me. So I was going to do whatever she wanted. This is his excuse for raping Lala Billups. So they play along. And they go, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, we see that. Okay, so uh, that's fine. So uh, they they just try to keep him talking, basically. And then he makes some incriminating s- statements about some of the bodies in the third floor apartment. And he goes, I just, I, I just hate what they did, what they do to me. I'm a nice guy. I feed them, and they steal from me, and they treat you like shit. They forget about you. I don't know what's wrong with me. So he's kind of like trying to figure out a way to tell the police that he doesn't think these people are worth anything because they treated him like garbage. And then Anthony just attempts to describe a voice he's hearing in his head named Arnie that tells him to do bad things and directs him to rape those girls and shit. His quote, not mine. I thought you would have something about him pretending to plead insanity. Listen, <laughs> I do. I do. And I just want to hurt him.
2: Like, you are not insane. You did this on purpose, and you know you did this on purpose. And now you're going to say, oh, well, I'm just crazy. Yeah. No, you're not. You're a piece of shit. Yeah, you can you can see he's trying to build his defense. Yes. Right. Like, yeah. there's no voice in your head named Arnie. Fuck you. No Arnie.
0: <laughs> like, no. No.
2: You tell um, him no. mm
0: Nope. Uh, further discussion causes him to then go well you know what you know why i probably hurt those girls is my breakup with that Lori fraser chick the one who introduced lala to him remember yeah he felt that Lori had used and discarded him she had her own battle with crack and was incarcerated with a drug offense poor faithful anthony would walk one and a half hours each way to visit her three times a week He took on extra jobs just to make sure that she had funds in her commissary account. He vowed to help her break her addiction and aided her in all these efforts of becoming clean and sober. And then she just leaves him and utterly destroys his heart. So he's so traumatized by this breakup because that was his one true love. I hate him. He trickles out more and he admits at this point that he occasionally took out his anger on black women whose drug abuse and irresponsible lifestyles reminded him of Lori Frazier, especially if they had children, because it happened that Lori also had kids at some point. He's claiming he had maybe 10 to 15 blackouts that he didn't remember killing anybody for.
2: But they only found six
0: bodies. You can't tell that, but I just winked at her. So guess what? They're going to find more love. Bodies! More bodies! Yay! <laughs> Uh, November 3rd, uh, prosecutors charge Anthony with five accounts of aggravated murder. Meanwhile, at Imperial Avenue, forensic units find six more bodies. So the account is at 11 for those keeping track. They had been buried in shallow graves in the backyard, but one victim had been reduced to nothing but a skull that was being kept in a pink bucket in his basement.
1: Damn. Yep. Like you do.
0: Majority of the victims were partially mummified, their hands and legs again bound, ligatures still wrapped around their necks. Anthony was asked how he could live with the smell of decay like that, and he asserted that it was no different than, air quote, living with a dog.
1: What fucking nasty-ass dog are you living with? I was going to say, I have three.
2: One that shit smells like decomposition. Like, the smell of bodies
0: is very distinct. Like, yes. what
2: the fuck, man? That's, that's
0: a very noticeable thing. That's- and how were
2: people, like, going to this house? I know you're smoking crack. I know you're not there. But, like, you're in this house. Mm-hmm. How right. do you not know?
0: Well, no. it's really easy to go, hey, raised sausage is in the backyard. That's what smells. It's not right. There. Inside, no. hmm um, that's mm. the logic. It was adjacent to his backyard. He could see the factory from his third floor apartment. I would still call bullshit. I, I'm with you. Uh, yeah. But, but like. You, people uh, would do some crazy things because nobody wants crack. to believe. Right. I understand crack, but like. Uh, well, corners are going to have fun. Autopsy experts start the menu- monumental task of trying to ID 11 deceased partially decomposed bodies. Um, they were known yep. drug abusers, as per his MO, don't always put up red flags with police or even sometimes with the family when filing missing persons reports. Often detectives typecast those cases and don't put in serious efforts to locate the persons. But uh, the people in the neighborhood were missing. Like, right? they're like, hey, dude, all these people were missing. What the fuck? And you found bodies. So you better give us some answers coroner's call for photographs descriptions dental records and any personal items for DNA analysis to determine not you cat. <laughs> I heard I heard it it was, was so rude it was it was so rude I didn't mean to he was putting my leg to sleep
2: because <laughs> he's fat and heavy yeah
0: that's funny you can hear all the chairs croaking in here too so if you feel like you're at the table drinking with us and that's good yeah right <laughs> we wish you were here okay yeah. so Cooperation proved difficult, however, because they needed direct familia DNA to combat complications from the advanced decom. Uh. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, problem is, is uh, families were worried that if they turned over samples, their DNA would be linked to future or past crimes. Because oh, the neighborhood's fuck. gone to shit. So they were having a hard time. So the coroner's like, dude, we promise. I promise we will not turn your DNA over to police. So they managed to get a couple of DNA examples, but in reality, a lot of these people brought kids to have their DNA tested for familial matches. What was air quote nice about this particular case for coroners, it was from a concentrated area. So uh, killers who are transient, like serial truck driver killer people, right? Like they're scattering bodies from state to state to state. This is from one neighborhood, from one area. So they managed to accomplish IDing these bodies with only 60 DNA samples to ID all 11. Yeah, that's all they needed. Took a couple months, but they did it. I don't want a victim shame. Okay, I don't, because crack. Crack sucks. So I have... Addiction sucks. uh, It does. My mother battled with addiction. It's a thing. Um... Uh, what whatever happened with these women, right? Cause all 11 are indeed to be women and Anthony Sowell is between them and their maker. You know, I can't speculate as to what happened. I think it's really easy to kind of figure it out by now, what his ML was, what could have possibly happened to them. Um, so I think it's really important to look at these uh, obituaries. So, you know, what kind of woman they are that died and it's going to kill you a little bit later when you hear some of the testimony from court cases. But, uh, first up we have, uh, I pulled these all off of cleveland.com, by the way, uh, cleveland.com cleveland18.com ran a lot of obituaries for the victims. It's kind of sad. Cause as I'm reading these, you can tell who actually had people that gave a fuck about them and who didn't. That's that killed me that, oh, my heart because, it's bad enough to have a shitty existence where you don't have a shot and then to go into the, the darkness with nothing and nobody to warn you. That sucks. So, um, proceeding on. So first victim is crystal dozier. Uh, crystal is, she was a responsible child. The one, her mother could count on to keep order in the house and watch her younger siblings. My little mother, Hen, her mother, Florence Bray, said in a recent interview, She smiled at the memory. As a girl, Crystal got a thrill from acting like a grown-up. She spent hours in the kitchen learning from her mother how to season and roast fried chicken or to make a pot of beans. She loved getting dressed up in the frilly outfits that matched her sister. She might emerge from a room dolled up in a mismatched ensemble of hat, heels, and long dress for a trip to church or the doctor's office. My sister was a prissy girl, her young sister Annabelle, 38. She looked so cute, but when she plunged into the ugly world of crack cocaine as a young teen, her life spun out of control and she developed an addiction that she would never fully shake. Years later, she met her gruesome end on Imperial Avenue. The mother of seven was 35 when she disappeared in 2007. And she was the first victim to go missing. A mother of seven went missing for two years and it took them a moment to realize it. That is so sad. Yeah. Tanisha Colbert uh, didn't let her problems stop her from helping others. She and her boyfriend had just moved into a small apartment on East 64th Street, And Bundy Drive in 2003 after being homeless, they slept on the grounds of Woodlands Hills Park for two months. Money was tight and it wasn't the greatest apartment, but it was a fresh start. She spent weeks cleaning her place in hopes of reuniting with her family and raising her children there because they had been taken from her at one point. Um, one night, she cooked salmon patties, rice, and string beans for her and her boyfriend, uh, Carl Johnson. After they ate, Tashana uh, fixed up two plates and took them to the homeless men who slept in a van across the street. Aww. I asked her why. I was kind of upset because we were struggling, Johnson recalls in a recent interview. She just told me that the Lord had blessed us for that day and it was time for us to bless someone else. Aww. At 33, she had troubles of her own, many of them self-inflicted, but she never lost her kindness, friends and relatives said. She drifted in and out of her family's lives so often that they didn't report her missing when she first disappeared in 2008. They thought she was with Johnson, her boyfriend, but when police discovered the remains of the 11 women on Imperial Avenue, just down the street from her mother's house where Colvier once lived, The family wondered if she was one of the victims. Their worst failures were realized on November 5th, 2009, when the Cuyahoga County Coroner's Office identified the remains. Neighbors who lived near Colvier's home said that they had seen Anthony so well, the man prosecutors call a serial killer, on the street, but relatives didn't know him. Colvier would have been a ripe target for such a predator. She had given over a large portion of her life and sometimes her body in the pursuit of drugs. Addiction consumed her. It caused her to turn her back on her children, several of whom were born while she was in prison, leaving relatives with the responsibility of raising them. It caused her to sell her body for money. It caused her to allow men into her life that used her and abused her. Her 20 year old sister, LaTanya, believes the death of her boyfriend sparked Colvier's drug use. The couple had talked about marriage and his death threw Colvier into a depression. She turned to drugs to escape from the reality and began a downward spiral that would end in her death. Oh, these kill me. Mm-hmm. LaShonda Long. It appeared she had a chance at a normal life. She was just six years old and living with her aunt after social workers had taken her from her drug-addicted mother and her too often absent father. She made good grades in school and had perfect attendance. She participated in the D.A.R.E. drug program. She was baptized at a church and participated in many children's programs. Long also took out, looked out for her siblings. She was the bossy one, relatives said. She was very motherly with her brothers and sisters said her aunt Caroline. She always was strong-willed and sassy, and she never got into any trouble, but that didn't last. Long became pregnant at the age of 14, three children before she was old enough to vote, and dead by 25. She was the youngest of the 11 women found in Anthony Sowell's home. It was her skull in the pink bucket. Long fit Sowell's M.O., Her life had went wrong early on, and she knew at a young age that if she didn't change, she wouldn't live long. She foretold it in letters she wrote when she got into trouble. I can honestly say, at the rate I'm going, I'll be dead before I'm 18. She wrote that when she was in the county juvenile uh, facilities, it looks like, in October 2000. Mm -hmm. I'm losing my voice now. Tanya Carmichael, love life. This was probably the most publicized because her mother threw a fit. She's like, find my fucking daughter. She threw a fit. Um, uh, This will kill you. Hold on. Tanya Carmichael love life. She lived for the good times. Like in 1996, when she first hopped on a plane to Vegas with her friends to go to VIP parties at the first Mike Tyson Evander Holyfield heavyweight title fight. The Cleveland native became, came from humble beginnings where she learned the value of work at an early age. She had a knack of finding ways to get what she wanted. She found designer clothes on the cheap. She partied at clubs and cabarets, but she had to balance being a single mom with being the life of the party. Uh, later on, the party got the best of her. She was once a loving and protective mother who would scold drug dealers near doorsteps of her East Cleveland home because she didn't want drugs to influence her child. She later became consumed by her drug addiction. It took her focus away from values she tried to instill in her children. She strained her relationship with her family. It led to a life of petty crimes and drug addiction and landed her in the clutches of the serial killer. Again, one of the 11 women's found on the Imperial Avenue in Cleveland. The remains of Carmichael, 53, were the first to be identified. She had been missing for a year, but her life had gone off the rails long before. Her death was one of the string of tragedies her family suffered at this time. Her daughter, Markeisha, died a few months after the remains of the 11 women were found. Also, Carmichael's mother, Barbara, had a stroke that the last year. So her family yeah. was going through some shit, and she, mm-hmm. she died on top of it. Michelle Mason, I think you said you found a picture of her. Yeah. Wanted a better life for her son. She didn't want him to fall the victim to the lure of the street. Drugs and fast living as she had. So when he hit his team, she got him out of Cleveland. Mason was sent to live with her relatives in Georgia, but she talked to him every single day on the phone. One day, Mason playfully dialed her son's number on her new cell phone and said, How you doing down there? She asked her son, Shannon, now 22. After chatting for a few minutes, Mason laughed and let him in on the joke. I'm at the Volstada bus station, she said. How do I get a taxi to where you are? It was a great whirlwind visit, Licardo recalled uh, in an interview last year. They ate dinner and caught several movies at the Dollar Theater. We walked around. I showed her everything. We had fun. You wouldn't expect your mother to be like that. I had, like, the coolest mom in the world. Anything I wanted to put effort into, anything I was passionate or proud of doing, she'd support it. It was a triumphant period for Mason, who by then had kicked the heroin and crack habits that had unraveled her life. She was living independently and had not been arrested in years. To me, her last five years were her best years. She was just very comfortable, said her sister, Mary Mason was also interviewed. Michelle had friends. She had relationships. She was honest in those relationships, and she knew what her situation was. And nothing was more important to her than family, which supported her during the dark years clouded by addiction. For them, it was the ultimate surprise when Mason's body turned up in that house. Uh, She had licked that stuff almost, said her mother. She died at the age of 45. Wait until you hear of the last survivor's case. This will absolutely kill you. Please remember um, Michelle Mason, just for a minute. Kim Smith and her father had made a pact to take care of each other. Smith stayed with him and looked out for him after he developed a spinal injury that left him in a wheelchair. Singing as she cleaned up the apartment, cooking his favorite dish, steak and potatoes, picking up his prescriptions, and making sure that he got to his doctor's appointments. Her father, a Marine Corps veteran, corps it's core Marine <coughs> Corps sure. Marine Corps veteran so. loved and supported her despite her drug addiction. He encouraged her to turn her life around paid for drug treatment programs and psychologists provided her with a place to stay food and money, food and spending money. But Smith took much better care of her father than she did herself. She hung around the wrong people and smoked crack cocaine. One of the drugs that prosecutors say serial killer Anthony Sewell used to lure her into his home. She was only 44 when she was found dead there. She was never married, and she was the only victim to not have children. Friends describe her as the artsy type. Uh, she had talent. Her family said that she worked as a backup single for local acts. The good times, however, never lasted long, and she always gave in to her vice, the drugs. She ended up behind bars where her creative talents were reduced to sending drawings from prison. But her father never gave up on her. He visited her in lockup and took her in whenever she came home. He kept believing that she would change, and then she was gone. I know. This is such a downer. It hurts. Um Nancy Cobbs knew that she hadn't always been a good mother, not as good a mother as she wanted to be. So she tried to make up for being there for her grandchildren. Cobbs doted on her five grandkids. She taught some of them to ride bikes and took them to the park. She cooked for them and she took them to doctor's appointment. Life taught Cobbs harsh lessons about lost time. She fell into the trap of drug addictions. Years she could have spent being a mother, she spent in prison. She didn't want to miss the chance to watch her grandchildren grow up. But when she wasn't with her family, she struck up a friendship with a man from the neighborhood. Cobbs and her friends sipped cans of beer from the corner store on the porch, three blocks north of Imperial Avenue. The man exchanged greetings with relatives and friends and visited the home. They knew him face more than they knew him by name. Anthony Sowell. They had, she had gone missing in April of 2009. A grassroots force of family and friends and neighbors kicked in doors of the abandoned houses looking for her. They never thought to look in his house. Her body was discovered six months later. She was 44. She was an active mother of three children. She was a grandmother to five. She worked factory and fast food and housekeeping jobs, but somewhere along the way, her life unraveled. She got hooked on the drugs, and she just would be in the streets, her youngest daughter said. She thinks it had to do with her mother and her father separating. Um, Amida Amy Hunter's family, fondly remembers a bookworm of a girl who loved reading classics growing up in Chicago. The tragic tale of Anne Frank, who spent years hiding in tiny places during the Holocaust before dying in a concentration camp, fascinated her. She loved that story, her oldest sister, Lynette, recalled. It was one of many classics Hunter happily immersed herself in as a youngster growing up in Chicago. Her favorite tale was Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens. But by the time she was 14, Hunter's own harsh reality set in. She became pregnant by a teacher, her sister said. Hunter's daughter Kelly was born deaf and with cerebral palsy. Life continued to press in on Hunter over the years and she found solace in drugs. It was the only coping mechanism she learned from her family. Drugs would become her, her hiding place. Um, in her final years, she retreated to the house at Imperial Avenue, where she felt overcome by life's troubles, relatives said. Um, Janice Webb didn't like being away from her family or the Cleveland neighborhood that she grew up in. Not even the sunny skies of California could keep Webb from Buckeye Road area where she called home. Cleveland was her comfort zone. This is where she went to school. She fell in love. She made a life. But Webb, just like her neighborhood, fell victim to the crack cocaine epidemic of the 80s and 90s. She walked the street in search of the drugs, and she even got into trouble with police. She went missing in June 2009, and investigators found her body in Anthony Sowell's home five months later. She was 48. Okay. Talisha Fortson. She was a sweet-faced girl... stood out among a horde of kids running and playing in the akron adoption picnic i are you okay i'm good we're good (laughs) We're gonna ignore this we're good okay (laughs) um i'm using laughter to diffuse my own discomfort because this is really fucking sad just putting that out there um talasia stood uh at this adoption picnic Her eye was quickly caught by uh, Fortson, a mother of two boys, looking to add a daughter to her family. When Fortson spied the nine-year-old and her sister sitting happily playing patty cake, she applied to adopt both girls. But Fortson, a divorcee, was only allowed to adopt one, so the girls were split up. Talisha cried at first when the social worker dropped her off at the Cleveland home. To break the ice, the two would walk to the nearby Silverman store where her new mom bought her some toys and let her pick out polka dot sheets for her bed. I let her pick out anything she wanted, but the little girl who arrived with her belongings in the garbage bag never got over her feelings of abandonment. She ran away often as a teenager and seemed on a lifelong search to feel like she belonged to someone. Talisha was only trying to find love, family um, friend and neighbor said. She wanted a family, and that's all she wanted. Somebody that would just love her. And she was one of the last victims to disappear. I think if she had found the love she was looking for, she might not have been in that house. Uh, Diana Turner is our last victim. Um, and she seemed like she had been poised for a comeback. One by one, her five children had been taken away from her. And she had spent years self-medicating her shame and her pain away. But she had been sober for 21 months and was pregnant with a daughter to a new boyfriend. She was involved in the church and finally broke her addiction to crack cocaine. She truly believed that she could be a real mom to the little girl she would name Denise. When Denise was born, she was probably the best time of her life. She was clean and everything was good. But like everything in Turner's life, it didn't last. Social workers swooped in and removed Denise from their mom's care four days after she was born turner why she never got a chance it happens so often Yep. she already lost five yeah five kids yeah so when the sixth one came out they just scooped her up that's what happened to my brother you lost 11 you don't get this one yep it shattered her and it caused a relapse she was missing um and her body was found in the third floor her remains lingered unidentified for the longest. Uh, it took more than uh, a month to confirm her identity because of her tattered family ties. I know it is such a downer. It, it, it is. It, I live with this for three weeks. CYS pisses me off.
1: You and me both. Uh, me three. Fucking no lady who whose grandkids she had to like. She had to raise her grandkids. Her grandkids got taken off of her because her oldest grandchild who's a girl was in the back of her son's van while him and his girlfriend shot up heroin oh my god they found them like that with the 4-year-old sleeping in the van in the back seat like, oh shit like kids got taken off this and that and like kids were doing great kids were kids were ab- doing absolutely great living with the grandmother it was my it was my grandma's neighbor woman's a crazy but wonderful woman and all of a sudden CYS is like oh even though these children have been thriving the entire time that they've been with you guess what we're gonna do we're gonna give them back to this piece of shit mother yeah and that's why it pisses me off because now they're little fucking terrors I mean like the last thing I heard was that the same granddaughter who was asleep in the back was like They're 14 years old with her tongue pierced and a boyfriend who was on drugs in her bedroom.
0: Yeah. With the
1: door closed. And I'm like, you're all trash
2: now. Oh, because CYS fucking failed. Yeah, but their main goal is they want to help the parents re-get their kids. They don't want to split up families. Except they didn't because the parents were still trash. I mean, yeah, but... For whatever reason, CYS was convinced that they weren't. Like, they are supposed to do research. And that's why CYS pisses me off. Yeah. I mean, I've got all my issues. Trust me. (laughs) The whole adoption thing is fucked. And you can't just tell people, oh, well, adoption's the best option. It's not. No, it isn't. Because how many
1: kids end up somewhere where somebody just wants to get a paycheck and then they're abused
2: and beaten? Well, that, but, like, they kept a lot of my siblings together. That's how I got my oldest niece. Because my oldest brother raped one of my older sisters. Now I have a 16-year-old niece. And then he raped one of my other nieces, who's also 16. And that's how I got my first great-grand... Great. Grand, uh, great oh, Grandniece. No. Nephew. Nephew. What the fuck? And like that baby has so many problems, and like the guy's finally in jail, but it split the family in half. Where half the family was like, "Oh, well, you're just trying to go after this guy, and it's not really his fault, and he didn't really do this, and you're lying." And like the other half was like, "No, he's a piece of shit, he needs to go to jail." Yeah,
0: well, th- that's what de- the testing's for, is yeah. It, and they got
2: the testing done, and like it proved it. But I mean, CIS is fucked. It's not it pissed good. Me off. Mm, like it's not good, and they need to fix it. And there's no one that's going to be able to fix it because you're going to have the pieces of shit no matter what.
0: Well, system systems broken. I it's mean, broken. it was broken for these women. It sounds mm-hmm. like it's broken for cases you are in. There's cases that I was involved in where the system just failed. Yeah, and it's ultimately resulted in bad things happening to good people with the best intentions, mm-hmm. and it's it's the worst. Because nobody goes into these situations like, yeah, I'm going to fuck everybody's shit up. Yeah,
1: like, no, they're, they're like, trying try. to make good
0: decisions, and and, yeah. and sometimes they're just not. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I, and I understand that, and I actually, like, but it still aggravates me. Oh, yeah. Because this is all supposed to be to help children well, who with, can't do this themselves, and that's okay. the part of it well, that irritates me.
0: Let's redirect to these women just for yes, a moment. Yes, okay, I'm sorry. I there are no very angry. I, I'm with you, I'm with you. <laughs> this is what gets me right like some of these women they said like you're i'm reading their obituaries and they mm-hmm. said like they had kicked that shit yeah and it was so easy for the police department to go uh yeah they're just fucking crack addicts they'll come home when the crack yeah. up, runs out and the family's like no 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 they were clean like well yeah and how do he, how'd they end up in his house oh well they fucking did the crack yeah cue gladys Wade. she's a survivor She's a peculiar survivor. So let me explain her testimony to you. Um, so Wells place being plastered on TV. He is on newspapers. And these women who were rumoring the rapes, you know, finally go open our shit up, process our rape kits, do these things, right? Victims don't always comply at first. So police departments were not inclined to process the rape kits because they're $200 a pop and they're saying, hey, this lady's not doing everything she needs to to capture this guy. So why are we going to do this? But you have to think they're being stereotyped. They're having problems getting the kits done in the first place where they're being forced to wait or not treated properly. Um, Their families don't know that they're doing drugs or they might have not been doing drugs. That's the sick part. Wait till you get there. Sickly enough, somewhere I read that Sowell's DNA might not have been properly logged into CODIS, too, from his original rape. Um, so he might have slipped through the cracks again until his second arrest. So even if they had processed some of these rape kits, they might have not caught him. Because they were just sitting in drawers and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, it was fucked up. Gladys Wade uh, was one of those people who like, you better fucking open my case up. And here's why um December 8th she had been visiting her sister earlier that day she goes hey sis what's up right leaves walks into a local convenience store to purchase a pack of cigarettes and some beer on her way home she's making her way to a bus stop and some guy just like hey Merry Christmas why don't you go back to my place for a beer and she's like yeah no you're a stranger no thank you she goes well, yeah yeah but b- b- Merry Christmas uh this is weird don't know who you are so we're just gonna uh leave and that's when the person grabs her from behind and sucker punches her in the face and she blacks out. Guess who that was? This fuck. Yep. Kidnaps her off the street. So she's fading in and out of consciousness as Anthony is dragging her out up his driveway. Now she has no idea who this person is, um, into his third floor apartment. And all she can see is the light from a Christmas tree shining in this empty room. So I'm assuming he had taken her to the second floor because it was the most empty. She realizes that because it was Christmas, she was wearing all these clothes and now some of them are missing. So she starts crawling to the door to test the door, but it's locked. So naturally she starts screaming, you know, help me. Where the fuck am I? She's screaming. And and Anthony comes bursting into the room and punches her in the face a few more times and he threatens to kill her. She begins to scream louder, right? So this fuels his rage, like, shut up. What are you doing? Be quiet. So he begins to violently rape her. Now, Gladys is a tough ass bitch. She's not having any of it. Her fight instinct is insane. She's going to make this fight for her life. You are not getting me. So she is struggling more than Anthony had anticipated. And the struggle causes them to take a tumble down a flight of stairs. Um, uh, I'm sorry, she was on the third floor because they hit the second floor landing. Then she rolls him off of her. And in the pitch darkness, she's grabbing at things, trying to find a doorway out. That's when she feels her hand searing pain because Shard the Glass has now cut open her thumb. Um, so apparently one of the doors had a pane of glass and she just put her hand right through it, not even knowing it. Despite that, uh, Anthony and her continue to struggle, fall down another flight of stairs and hit the first floor. The altercation causes that laceration in her thumb to smear blood, like everywhere. It's a pretty deep cut from what yeah. I understand. Um, and she's frantically trying to defend herself. She lunges for the front door. But Anthony manages to get his hands around her throat and he tells her, I'm, I'm going to kill you. Uh, Gladys claws at his face. She's clawing, trying to gouge his eyes out. Um, but he's trying to lock on her neck even firmer. For some reason, I don't know if he's drunk and he's having a hard time with one of his death holds, but he just can't seem to get it right the first time. So she, realizes that he's clamping down harder and she's starting to get woozy and she goes, oh shit, if I don't do something now, I'm done. So she grabs his testicles and twists, get him in the balls as hard as she can and makes a break for it. So great, right? I'm out of the house. This guy kidnaps me. I'm in the street. Holy shit, there's some guys over there. So she runs up to a group of men on Anthony Street and she begins pleading for help. Help me, help me, help me. Anthony is right the fuck behind her. He's walking to her calmly and he goes, don't listen to that bitch. She tried to steal my watch. And all the men turn their back on her and ignore her.
2: Fucking men.
0: And he's walking behind her. So Gladys is bleeding, desperate. So she makes a beeline for the pizza shop across the street, runs in there, grabs the employees and begs them to call 911 because someone is trying to kill her. They ignore her. She holds up her thumb, goes, Look, I'm fucking bleeding. Do you not? Her voice is raspy. You know, a strangle victim immediately because her voice is raspy and shit. And she's like, Please help me. Right. So the manager walks over and he goes, Yeah, I can't have you bleeding on my floor. So here's a towel. There's a payphone across the street. You can go call for help. And I just died because you can see her testimony online. Where she's just crying. Nobody would help me. Anthony walks. Fuck all these people. It's Cleveland. Fuck Cleveland. <laughs> Anthony. Kidding, I, like Cleveland. I do too. But I'm Anthony fine. walks through the front door of the pizzeria. And throws Gladys's coat at her. And he goes, don't listen to this bitch. He has one of those moments again. Where he's just like, uh, she tried to blah, blah, blah me. He tried to assault me. Blah, blah, blah. So she ran like a bat out of hell for blocks until she finds a patrol car and she recants the tale to an officer who calls her an ambulance. She receives 12 stitches in her thumb treatment for bruises in, uh, lacerations on her arms, legs, face, and neck. They document that even the zipper on her pants were broken because he had attempted to rape her. Um, and her nails were clipped to try to get DNA evidence from her her scratching uh at his face no she doesn't know who this person is so she's trying to describe where the house is she's trying to explain these things and she tries to say hey look if you find this house my blood is going to be here here and here officers go okay let's go visit this house so they follow her directions and go visit without a warrant and they just kind of peek through the windows. And they see the blood, and they see a bucket with shards of glass in it, and then they note on the doorsteps outside of Anthony's front door that their snow had been disturbed in some sort of altercation. So was brought in on suspicion of rape and attempted murder, and they obtain a search warrant for his place. This is two thousand and eight, and clearly they don't fucking use it properly because he's released two days later. What the fuck. And those bodies were probably in there. Some of them were. Six of the 11, six of the 11 victims died after that attack. If they had oh just God. gone in the house with that search warrant and they didn't.
1: If they had just done their fucking job right, those other, what, six people might not have died.
0: Yeah. Do yeah. you know why they didn't do their job? they're fucking men. Wait, wait. Ready? Ready? Cleveland police say there was insufficient evidence to press criminal charges. Apparently, the female sex, the female sex crime detective who took her statement didn't believe Gladys at all because she had bri- prior drug arrests on her record. That doesn't fucking matter. Uh, so I came in and uh, he said, uh, yeah, uh, she tried to rob me and uh, she assaulted me. No one even bothered to fucking check that he was a registered sex offender. I hate these people mm-hmm. so much. What you might like, though, little little uplifting thing here. Uh, I found a news article from last year, 2019, uh, that Cleveland settled a lawsuit filed by Gladys Wade and Latendra Billups over the mishandling of their cases by sex crime detectives. The city paid them, but the amount is not released. So nothing. Nothing. Like $5. I don't know. It was enough for them to be quiet about it. I mean, it was a settlement. It was paid. So $10. They didn't. So $10. <laughs> That's all Cleveland can afford. You're um, trash. I'm sorry. Uh, so November 4th, Sowell's held in solitary confinement without bond. His defense lawyer states that he's not dangerous, ready? Right? Because he's had a pacemaker for years. So he could not have, uh, he's not a dangerous risk bullshit oh, totally you uh, just code 11 people it's fine with a pacemaker the man had a heart condition Awful. <laughs> um the capital murder trial is june 5th and we missed this entire trial on tv do you want to know why ready june 5th 2011 do you know what was going on casey 19th. anthony mother- fucking fuck- bitch oh, i hate that woman oh it behooved people more to watch a white woman mm-hmm. drowns her two-year-old and, gets, and, gets away and with fucking it. gets away with it than shit, shit. have media coverage on a serial killer in Cleveland that had racked up 11 bodies. God damn it, media. That's so fucking bullshit. The families say that it demonstrates the disinterest of the plight of the inner-city black woman. It, yeah. It's speculated that media was less inclined to cover the trial since everybody thought they know what was going to happen to Anthony Sowell, right? Like the man's going to get fucking put to death. 11 bodies found in his house. Game over. So we don't know what's going on with this case, the Anthony bitch. So let's, uh, that's more twisty and turny. You know, fuck no. 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 She got off. So the family begged Cleveland to offer Sowell a plea deal. Because they didn't want to go through the pain of having a trial. Um, they didn't want their loved ones drug through the, med- the mud while having that spotlight on them. Like, a uh, crack. Uh, crack. Uh, crack. Ugh. Yeah. You did crack. Yeah. So, uh, they ask him to have life in prison without parole. Prosecutors say, uh, yeah, can't you nope that? Mm-mm. Uh, Sowell's not getting away with 11 murders for the price of one. It would hardly be a punishment for Anthony because he was really good at being in prison. And we know this because of his incarceration prior. He was a really good prisoner. Like, really good. He likes that structure. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's not a punishment. Weirdly enough, also some sort of election year. So, it looked really good to persecute him. So, they drug all these families through the trials and shit. I'm going to spray the detail. But it was interesting to hear testimony from Lori Frazier, remember? broke anthony's heart he put all these things in him. it was so traumatizing because he saved her from drugs yeah yeah it's not what she said happened she details his strange behavior starting in 2007 that's when the breakup starts that's when the murders start um in her versions of events uh she left him because anthony started smoking crack and started becoming aggressive with her so she's like yeah i'm out done There's also another uh, survivor who testifies called Vanessa Gay. Her story also fell on the deaf ears of the Cleveland Police Department. Big shocker. Um, Reports were never filed, again, because she used crack and they didn't believe her. What's crazy about her assault, because we know what happened, he strangled her, probably got all three orifices, like to perform moral rape on his victims, you know, that kind of thing. But at one point, he had taken mercy and let her to go up to go to a bathroom. And she reported to the police that she had seen a decapitated body in a small bedroom in his apartment because uh, she had managed to convince him to let her go. And they didn't believe her at all. Because crack. Yeah, crack. Uh, Thank you, guys. She uh she listened to him complain about all those other bitches. She comforted him like, "Oh, you're not a bad guy. You didn't do a bad thing to me." And uh, he lets her go. So, uh, yeah, I'm learning to not go to Cleveland. Same, S- slowly. Same. I loved Cleveland too. I have friends in nope. Cleveland, but I just no no sorry cleveland yeah i'm done after this because I, I would
1: i would not be that worried about cleveland the number of serial killers i found that choose to call sacramento home that's where you need to stay the fuck away from
2: no <laughs> Is that in you know, washington washington washington
0: eat dicks <laughs> okay big ones wait wait ready for wait i got some good i got some shit Oh my God, you guys, life has changed drastically for all of us. Everyone's stuck inside, many with kids or pet underfoot, and the uncertainty of each and every day can cause stress beyond reason. So let's take some time to be kind and treat yourself, especially to some happy adult fun time. If you're looking for a book that draws you in and gets your blood stirring, I would like to call your attention to strands of solace rewoven by cheryl Sukachev. for all of you nerdy witches out there this story unfolds with the classic feel of a dungeons and dragons campaign an epic quest to recover a magic sword in a vibrant new world brought to you by a truly gifted author enjoy memorable characters with complex relationships and some scorching scenes that make it an adult playground you might need to take a shower to cool down Or can you take the heat? Find this sultry tale only on Amazon and Amazon Kindle now. Hang in there with me guys. We're an hour in and I I got a little bit more to go. August 10th, Anthony Sowell is sentenced to death. His Total convictions include 11 counts of aggravated murder, three counts of attempted rape, two counts of kidnapping, four counts of actual rape, one count of attempted rape. Oh, sorry. Three counts of attempted murder, two counts of kidnapping, four counts of rape, one count of attempted rape, and 11 counts of abuse to a corpse, 11 counts of tampering with evidence. And he's currently sitting on death roll, Row. 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 Yes, so, man. like, road trip to murder him? Well, hold on. His execution date was originally marked for October 29th, 2012, but they're in the middle of filing stays of execution. So, uh, the last one was two years ago, and he was denied requests by the U.S. Supreme Court. So, while he's in prison, guess who's, uh, he's still not dead. Uh, he's making the most of his uh, incarceration. He's uh, selling artwork online. Is it like artwork? real Artwork. What Serial killers, ink.net, something or other. You can buy his artwork. Is it good artwork? Uh-huh. Um, and he has, no, it's not. Uh-huh. I Meaning he makes the art. Everything else looks like five-year-old finger paintings. And okay. I studied art in college. Like I, I, I don't see the allure, but I guess, macabre art, sure. This guy killed and strangled and raped 11 women.
1: I think Ma- Manson did the same thing.
0: Oh, yeah. There's a whole thing for it. Um, he also gets lots of fan mail, too, like Manson. Most mail comes from when he, women. Many come from Europe to either save or marry soul. Uh, then with <laughs> the author wrote, without a trace of irony, Anthony said, boy, there's a lot of crazy people in the world. And he was laughing at his fans. Europeans are opposed to capital punishment, so they write him letters giving support. He got a lot of letters from Denmark. Ironically, Dan- a Danish company produces the pentobarbital that is used in lethal injections. So uh, what's really fucked up, I don't know if you want to hear him. It's up to you. It's okay if you don't, because you can find them online. Uh, he was ransoming his prison interviews to people you told i think you mentioned uh, uh-huh he wrote letters the author wrote letters trying to get interviews with him go talk to him directly so he'd ransom these interviews and he also did it to one of the families who wanted peace
1: enclosure
0: enclosure by going to speak with him and he goes i'll do it if you buy 300 dollars worth of shit for my commons, my my uh prison cell i hate
2: him
0: do you want to hear the letter or do you are you done oh i'm ready okay you ready so these were sent for him to the author of the book that I used for the research. February eighth, two thousand and twelve. Bob, I'm having a visitation form sent out to you. You must fill this out and return it. Then you will be put on my friend visitation list. If you want to visit me and do an interview, I want three hundred dollars for this interview. This will be paid by ordering online. I will list on the next page. So let me know. Order at I'm not going to say the website because I don't want you sending him the shit. But he lists the website. Um, Why do you think, uh, why did you look at me when you said that? Why do you think I'm going to send him shit? Actually, the microphone is right in front of me. Wait, can we actually mail him shit? Because that's
1: pretty much what I would do, is literally just send him a box full of shit. Because
0: he likes to have that in his house, don't forget. Do you know what a serial killer wants? In the cell, no, No. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> Ready? More bodies. So here's his list: AMT four gigabyte MP3 player, item number. You it include the item number five one nine zero eight zero one zero n one hundred and twelve dollars thirty cents. Amp outlet adapter, item number five one nine one one zero one zero n sixteen dollars and five cents. Prepaid songs in $5 increments, item number 51848010N. 24 $5 increments equals $120. Pac-Man, 12 games, item number 5176010N, $30.50. RF modulator, item number 51392010N, $17.12. Total... $295.97. He was very specific. Damn. February 11th. Hi, Bob. I received your letter and I would like to say that when I make a deal, I keep my word no matter what. That's cool. You'll put $100 on my commissary account when you're approved for a visit. But I will not visit with you unless I have either the items on the list or the money that has been put in my account. 100 plus 300 once i have confirmed that one or the other has been done you can visit me one time also you have 10 10 phone time left march 30th he's a piece of shit oh yeah march 30th 2012 (coughs) mr sabina saberna I am not going to keep on wasting my time like this. I am not going to change the deal that's been made. I'm only going to visit with one of you guys. So if you don't get a chance, you need to let me know because you're not the only one who wants to see me. So if you have not done what you are to do and have made your visit by April 30th, 2012, I will move on to the next person. Oh, Also because of the questions you were asking over the phone i will not be calling anymore <laughs> last letter uh april 5th there is nothing to think about you don't have to visit with me then i have been more than honest and fair with you all you had to do was stick to the deal and everything would have worked out fine first of all you have been approved to visit with me you said not me that when this happened you would put 100 dollars in my account did you do this Now you want to try and say that anything can happen to cancel a visit, but that is not the case. I am the only one who can cancel my visit. This is why I will not change my mind. You are too busy about worrying things that are none of your business, and I'm kind of pissed about this. Who I talk to or who I visit with for whatever reason is none of your business. But I'm going to tell you this because I want you to see how foolish you are. That guy you're talking about, Miller, to me is an asshole. In his very first letter, he writes, Anthony, here we are. I am your biographer. And I guess there's not a lot either one of us can do about it. I'm a crime writer and you're a convicted criminal. And I am writing your story and so on and so on. And now this is the way he thinks he can talk to me. So I go along with it. I put him on my phone list and then he asked me be put on my visiting list. So I do so. So now he's on my phone list and on my visiting list. But unless we can do something to come to an understanding also, you can... uh But guess what? I don't have to call him and I don't have to visit with him. And it's not unless we come to an understanding as well. So this way was... So, the way you came at me was very disrespectful. Good luck. I hate him. <laughs> These like are one.
2: his words. Who gives you the right to be so pretentious? Right. Who the fuck do you think you are? You're a convicted so
0: felon. So, shoo, Kat. Mm-hmm. so, he's still on death row, but the house is condemned. Can we go there? No, it's gone. Did they tear it down? Yep. September 2011, they demolished it three months uh, after they condemned it because of problems with the roof, plumbing, heating, electricity, water supply, roach, flea, and termite and rodent infestations. Well, I mean, there were dead bodies there. So coming back to P.B. Herman, since this is episode back to back and not actually a week later for us, I actually quoted his PSA on drugs (laughs) to sum up this case. Wee Herbin gives me the heebie-jeebies. The heat. Yeah. All right. Hard. He's so, creepy as fuck. That's why I'm going to read you his PSA instead of playing it for you, because I, I don't know about licensing issues, but this, this is how is, I... S-
1: this is crack. Rock cocaine.
0: Yeah. This is crack. It isn't glamorous or cool or kid stuff. It's the most addictive kind of cocaine, and it will kill you. What's really bad is nobody knows how much it'll take. So every time you use it, you risk dying. It's not worth it. Look, everybody wants to be cool, but doing it with crack isn't just wrong. It's dead wrong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> the worst part is I have seen that infomercial and I fucking can't because of that goddamn voice of his. He
0: gives me the heat. But I think it's really haunting if you think about it. Because some of these women were nabbed off the street. They had kicked the crack. They had yeah. kicked the habit. And because of where they lived, they were still
2: so mm-hmm. susceptible to it.
0: So it it only took... Even though they hadn't smoked crack that day, it took crack to kill them.
2: Literally. And for them
0: to be unjustified. I, 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 out of context, this is very silly. Yeah. And it's very funny.
2: It, when you think about it, it's so serious.
1: Yeah. Especially because, like, any any drug... Um, addiction, it doesn't matter if it's crack, if it's cocaine, if it's meth, heroin, like our society, um, and it's not all of them, I'm specifically talking about the American one, looks at drug addiction, in my opinion, in the wrong light. Yeah. And so it just causes, the way we look at it, it just causes relapse after relapse after relapse. And if some of these women would have been taken more serious, and they would not have been stereotyped as just these, um, you know, typical black women doing crack, maybe there would have been less deaths. Maybe some of these women would have been spared. Maybe some of these women would not have even fallen back into it, just like um, the woman who had gotten herself straight had had a child, had that child. No, had they given her a chance had that child not mm-hmm. been taken away mm-hmm. she might not have
0: ended up there right it, there's so many like what a shoulda could us with this case yeah. that it killed, killed me him. you saw me him hop like mm, 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 mm. yeah and uh, it, it's a rough one i yeah. i mean it's yes. hard to unpack because not only did are we addressing a sarah color that i've never heard of everybody's heard of gacy and manson and mm-hmm. bundy and You know, the list goes on and on and on. This is one that is a serial killer, and literally, we can spit on Cleveland. Like, it's our backyard.
1: And Mm -hmm. it even happened, like... Recently. 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 Like, this isn't like, oh, yeah, it's like, it it got all wrapped up in the 60s. Like, this literally happened. Uh, A stone throw away from us.
0: Well, you, you know how I found the case? Do you remember? No. Audible. I was again not sponsored, but I was searching for Serial killer, and all I typed in in my search for my library to use my monthly credit or whatever was serial killer, and it came up and I was like, "Who the fuck's this?" and I started googling it. I was like, "I don't know who this guy is, so I downloaded the book, and that's when we decided to do a podcast, so I tortured myself on this this case oh, so God. I think for a first case though, on uh macabre academy here we 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 we' it's pretty solid. It's, it is. It's it's done. Thank God it's done. Oh I need to go home God. and watch Frozen with my two-year-old and just yes. thank God every day for my blessings because this is like a lot. And by God I mean goddess. I'm just old trained reformed Catholic. God, God. Real is both. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. So let's let's uh end on our phobia of the week and our non-offensive yes. dare for our beautiful Patrodas. Yes
1: list of phobias. Did that one.
2: Did that one. <laughs> We're used to it by now. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's just, she's looking. She's Googling it now, guys. Don't worry.
1: No, I just, I have it up. <laughs> I had to get into the right webpage and now I cannot figure out how to say this word. Okay, so Ooh, let me see. both of you. Let me see. You wish. Which one? A, ch- a chluophobia. Of a chlu? A, a cluophobia? Achluophobia?
0: What? We're from Pittsburgh, so this might not be a, a good phobia. Aclophobia. Aclophobia. Show stuff. She's the nurse. It's a fear of I darkness. Be- I feel like it's ac- aclea Acrophobia.
2: No, aclophobia
0: Oh, 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 oh. Acle- yeah. What you said, Brandy. I Acle- believe. Acle- you. I feel
2: like that's aclophobia Acle- 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 aclophobia <laughs> Acle- aclophobia Acle- fear of darkness.
0: I'm probably wrong because I'm garbage. Isn't the but- like necro not neck not necrophilia, but there's a word for the love of darkness. Can you look that up? That's like an alternative. Yeah. Not the not dear sweet loving a dead body, but <laughs> the, the 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 love of darkness. I feel like that's more us. Are you sure? Nyctophilia
1: is the love of darkness? refers to the love of
2: darkness and night yes wait I- let me see your word again because i don't think that's right the fear of darkness sure. i feel like we need to leave this tidbit in i apologize because this is telling me it's na- nyctophobia. like And why nyctophobia? Yeah,
0: nyctophobia is characterized by a severe fear of the dark. So what did you just tell me? I don't know. I think you're wrong. Well, Google
2: told me. Oh, hold on. What's the difference? Hold your ponies. I just want them to say this word.
1: Excessive fear of darkness or night. Okay. Okay. I'm going
2: to
1: say this Because I'm fucking extra. Real (laughs) shit. (laughs) All right, oh, how about? Not it? really. I'm a basic ass white bitch. Let's
2: face it.
0: So, I would like to remind everybody that we are the Macabre Academy and we thrive on our lovely witches and paternuses. And we do not want to be broke bitches forever on really shitty audio equipment. Yes. So, we want to bring you more things. We want to do bigger and better things. So, we need you to kind of scoot on over there to Patreon and join a house. Help us help you. Exactly. Okay, my darling witches, it's time for your weekly non-offensive dare. You must be a Patreon to participate so you can earn points for your house. Each month, the house with the most points gets to vote on weekly non-offensive dares, topics of future episodes, and so much more. Each week, Once you've gotten your dare, you must safely and creatively complete a post on social media so that we can see that you've done the task. You can tag us at Twitter at Macabre Academy, or you can tag us on Instagram at The Macabre Academy, and you must include a hashtag with your house name to obtain the points. The world is a fucked up place. These dares are designed to bring silliness and random acts of kindness into the world. You must safely complete your dare. If you are unsafe, your points will not be counted. You can also earn additional points for your house by being the first to submit episode corrections to us at themacabacademy at gmail.com. Also, if we use your ideas or stories in a future episode, more points may be awarded. Let's return to the podcast to see what your weekly non-offensive dare will be. So uh, let's get a random number here because we have 26. 26. Okay. Okay. Play a board game or a card game. That is your dare for the week. Simple enough, but some people don't play enough card games. They don't just sit around and grab a friend and play a game. And if you're by yourself, solitaire is also a game. Yes. Does
2: it count if it's on my phone? No. Damn it.
0: It's got to be a... Actual cards. Physical thing. You're
2: making my life
0: hard. I, it's supposed to be random <laughs> acts of kindness and goodwill and silly and fun. Because the world is a dark, fucked up place. As we just learned. So, yeah. And we'll continue to learn because yeah. I got some juicy stories brewing. Really. Yeah. It scares me. Yeah, we got some more fun things coming up here uh, in a couple upcoming episodes. Uh, don't want to drop too many spoilers unless you're on Patreon. Then you will get a heads up. So that's it for this week, kitties. Uh, I'm done. I I need some stuff out. She she needs
1: she needs some kids' movies, maybe some ice cream. Ooh, all of the
2: ice cream. I don't have ice cream, but we need ice cream.
1: We Wait. do, we do have my dessert thing I made. Yes, so. dessert. Yeah, That's yours on it. Yes. I do bring alcohol. <laughs> We, we are, we are just, we, we are going to try and recover from this. Find your own happy, safe way to
0: recover. Good luck. <laughs> and was fucked. What have we learned this episode? Dr. Crack.
1: I mean, I knew that. <laughs> um. I don't know what that's all you was. guys learned is not to do
0: crack no i knew not, not about the social injustices of well i know about, I knew about that too.
2: let's be real but like don't do crack don't trust the creepy men i knew that T- i don't think i
1: learned anything this week
2: listen i know these things but like in practice do i know these things no if someone to me, i like, don't hey. trust not creepy men <laughs> i mean hey do you want to come to my house and maybe do some crack and smoke and like Um, Drink some beer and, like, hang out. Yeah, sure. No, Brandy, don't do that. That's so bad. (laughs) I'm very young and naive.
0: (laughs) You have to learn from us older witches. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I had a a truck pull
1: up behind me. Like, pull up to me behind... Where like Target and Best Buy is over on McNight. You told me the story, and like you basically told you to be a process Yeah, he's like, hey, you want to make some money? And I immediately said no. <laughs> See,
2: I would have been like, how much and how? No, it like, doesn't involve Brandy,
1: touching me. Brandy, if it is nighttime and somebody's pulling up to you in a truck, there's no good reason they want you to make money. It's not like, hey, come paint my house. <laughs> I mean maybe he wanted his house
2: painted. <laughs> he did not. They did
0: not. I think Just there was two of them. Don't touch
2: me, and we're fine. I'm done. Cue pro. Cue out. Bye. Bye.
0: This podcast was brought to you by Nerdy Witch in partnership with Sound Maiden. We want to thank all of our wonderful patreons. For updates, please follow the Macabre Academy on Facebook. Remember to like, share, and listen exclusively on Buzzsprout. Soon, will be available wherever you listen to podcasts.